The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have two very special guests with us, Teresi and Matthew Englehart, who are the authors of Sacred Commerce, Business as a Path of Awakening, and also the founders of Cafe Gratitude, one of my favorite, most favorite eating establishments, and we're going to talk more about that as we move into the show Englehearts have spent a lot of time making sure that their business is on purpose, and they're going to share with us how they make this happen and how they give meaning to work. Welcome to the show, Teresia and Matthew. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to have you here. Now, I was very fortunate to meet you guys a few weeks ago in the Cafe Gratitude in Berkeley. That was so fun to, to run into you. I felt like this little girl going, oh, there they are, there they are. <laughs> it was great. Um, so why don't we start a little bit at the beginning. Let's give our listeners a little bit of background about um, who you are and why the whole idea of um, the way you do business is important to you. Tercy, why don't we start with you? Okay, great. So um, let's see here. What do I want to say about the way we do business? Well, really, Matthew and I, our commitment uh, when we got together, uh, it's still our same commitment is we're really committed to uh, supporting, fostering, encouraging, um, bringing into existence transformation of people on the planet. And, you know, initially when we got together, we said, well, let's live our life just trusting inner guidance, and the first thing that we were led to do was invent a transformational board game, which we did called The Abounding River, and we're now in our second edition of that game. And and then creating a business was simply a place where people could come play the board game, and it kind of went from the idea of a little San Francisco coffee shop and ended up being you know, a live food restaurant, and from there it just expanded into second, third, fourth, fifth, restaurants, and now we're getting ready to open up Gracias Madre, which is our a whole new concept, which is an organic Mexican restaurant in the Mission District. But the, the behind our business model, it's about how can we utilize the time that people spend at work as an opportunity to foster and encourage and promote the awakening? How can we create work as an unconditional love space? How can we build a community at work since we spend so much of our lives actually at work or working with, you know, other people? How can we utilize that time? And that's always been our intention with business. And the book Sacred Commerce kind of spells out what are the tools that we use 
in order to fulfill on mm. that commitment of ours. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> well, I tell you, there's a lot of people listening to this who would be um, very excited if they walked into an organization every day who had that philosophy. I think it's, it's rare. It's interesting that you say that because we just stepped away from the first all-employee meeting for Gracias Madre, and so there's you know 40 brand-new people joining the community, mm-hmm. and to listen to them share their enthusiasm for, I can't believe I'm going to get to work in an environment like this. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it's always new people are always inspiring us as well. Right. Um, right. And it's great. It's like I'm I'm really present to what we provide in a work environment and the possibility of you know, these people joining the community and what that's going to bring to the community and what the community is going to provide for them. So how long ago was it that you started having this, developing this philosophy? Well, Matthew and I, we met nine years ago, and we had both, you know, had our individual lives um, and both pursued our own personal growth and both had an interest in what we're calling transformation and what what we call transformation is, you know, living where something's possible that you didn't think was possible before, you know, so we both had a commitment to that and weren't really sure what it was going to look like when we put our lives and our life paths together and, you know, that's why it was kind of a fluke that we we started with the board game and the board game actually led us into the restaurant business and uh, you know, we've written several books, and and now it's really our our job really is keeping people inspired and supporting the ongoing process of the community. But the community really has a life of its own. We're in March; it'll be six years since we opened the first restaurant. So, you know, we've been doing this as a business for almost six years, and as a couple for nine years, and then as individuals for many years before that. Mm. Matthew, talk a little bit about this board game. I'm curious to know uh, what would prompt you guys to even consider creating a board game. Well, so the board, the board game, here's, I think where we were at in our life is that we saw what it took for people to commit to some kind of transformational experience like a work workshop or a weekend workshop or a retreat. And we thought, well, what about everyone has to eat? What, uh, what, how could we create a restaurant or how could we create something very casual like a board game as a transformational experience? And then where are we going to play this game? Oh, it naturally went to a restaurant. People have to eat. Let's, let's get them in with good food or good coffee. They can sit down and pull a couple cards and uh, have an experience. So I think the reason we went board game restaurant is because the ease and accessibility of it. Pretty exciting. Now, I have played this board game, and it is so much fun. In fact, um, we spent a weekend with a lot of friends, and it was a special celebration, and we set this up in one of the rooms and just decided to leave it there so that it would be you know, spontaneous whenever anybody wanted to go in and sit down and grab a group of people and play. And it had such impact because... The weekend was about play and celebration, and that was a way for the play and celebration to deepen and have more meaning because it was really about each one of us individually sharing with the other people around the table. You know, so when I see that and I think, wow, you know, these people, you two, 
created a business that fostered this principle of connecting, of sharing oneself, of really looking deeply. I thought, wow, you know, this is pretty amazing. People can actually do this in a business. And well, you know, most businesses, they, it's kind of like leave your stuff at home and come and do your job. Yeah. And we actually say, bring your stuff to work. Be transparent at work. The community will hold your shadow and, and allow that weather, that stormy weather to move through. And we'll just hold this space of unconditional love for you while that, while that moves through. So we encourage people to be transparent. I had a manager come to us recently and say, I hate my job. Ooh. Well, that's not usually what you say to the boss. Yeah. I hate my job. Because <laughs> then the boss usually says, great, hit the road, Jack. Yeah. But what we do is just hold that space. So what I hear you saying is you hate your job. And we just get in their world for a moment. People, when people, well, we have a clearing practice, which we can probably talk about now or later in the program, but that every um, employee goes through before every shift. Mm. And the purpose of that uh, process is to have the employee be present and be uh, to identify what's distracting them, what in, what in their internal dialogue is distracting them, and it gives them an opportunity to set it down and then put their attention on something else. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very powerful practice that we know after six years' experience works and transforms lives. And it's just one of the practices we have to keep the space at work clear, inspired, mm-hmm. uh, and powerful. So I've read that um, each of you has said at various times that you're not in the restaurant business, you're in the transformational business. That's correct. So, you know, but it seems to me then that this philosophy can be applied to just about any business. Do you think that there are some businesses where this would be tougher than others? Yeah, the restaurant business would be about the top. <laughs> because the margins are, are razor thin, and it's so much, you know, activity and so forth. Um, it's also so much in the public. And it's yeah. so public. So, you know, people are, you, you, someone starts weeping at work, and the public's there, and, you know, it's weird. And So, yeah, a less public, more profitable business would be easier. <laughs> yeah, it would be much easier at Google. Yeah, 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 that's great, that's great. So, and yet, you know, as as challenging as some of those things are, you're making this work, and you're attracting the people who this works for. Um, there must be a lot of self-selection that goes on, you know, in terms of... Well, it's of interesting, we have a lot of people to, you know, there are a lot of people who apply. I mean, I think, really, I think everyone is interested in um, becoming more aware and not all pe- not all people choose that, right? Know? So, right. but a lot of people don't think that if people knew it was available in the form that we make it available, I think even more people would choose it. And I think that's one of the things that we're experiencing as we've grown and as we've become more public. You know, we just we just did a interviewing process for our new restaurant, and mm. we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants for you know thirty five positions. So, and you know, our people also don't leave a lot. 
Right, because people, right. if they leave, it's usually because they're graduating to go on to something else, finish their schooling or mm-hmm. start a family or pursue a career that they didn't have the confidence in to pursue. Or mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would say that we have a lot of people to choose from. And remember that mostly we're growing our people, so anyone technically could right. take this on if right. they were just up for, up for the process. Well, and so what do you do with that employee, for instance, who says, I hate my job, you know, I hate my job today, I hated my job yesterday, and you hold that space. We attempt to do nothing, because to the degree that we do nothing, that experience will just move through. But if we listen to it like that's the truth, or wow, we really have a problem now because they have a problem, now we really do have a problem. So the key is to get that it's just... It's, we, we say it's weather. It's weather moving through. Mm-hmm. And if we can just hold space for the weather and love that person and share with that person who they are for us, uh, the weather will pass. But if we engage with it, if we try to fix it or change them, change their circumstances or fix or change them, now we really do have an issue. Mm-hmm. So our training is just to hold space and let it pass through. And now in managing a business, you've got to be double-headed. Is it interfering with her ability to... She, she's a general manager. Is it is it interfering with her ability to be responsible for the lives of the employees that she's sure. managing, and then the customers yeah. and the location? And you know, we check in. Anything we need, mm-hmm. any support you need, anything we could do for you? Mm-hmm. She assures us, nope, it's great. I can generate. <laughs> I'm able to manage my business. Great. And then we just say, make sure you let us know if that's not the case. So, so it then, sounds to me like what you do is you empower people to make the changes they need to m- make yeah, in the business. Please. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Yeah, well, I'm sure we have more to learn about that part. That's a tough one for a lot of manager leaders. Um, but we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Arise from your sleep, Africa. Rise from your sleep, We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Are you sick of your career? Looking to escape the confines of a job, your boss, a long commute, no future, and low pay? What if there was a show that could help you start your own business? It's time to become your own entrepreneur. 
Tune in to Entrepreneur Live with Ray and John, featuring entrepreneurs Ray Burden and John Bronson. It's an atmosphere of total encouragement, secrets, and direction. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. We're speaking today with Teresi and Matthew Englehart, who are the authors of Sacred Commerce, Business as a Path of Awakening, and the founders of Cafe Gratitude and a fantastic board game, Abounding River, and the authors of so many more books. You guys have been busy over the years. We have. We so have. Talk a bit about what happened in your lives before Abounding River, the board game. Each of you were traveling your own path before you met. And, um, Tercy, did I read that you had actually founded the first Mexican restaurant in Pennsylvania? I did. That was years ago. So I had, I've had kind of a varied past. I, I've, um, I was living in Pennsylvania. Let's see. How did I get to I mean, I was living in Pennsylvania and started a Mexican restaurant there with my ex-husband, who's uh, military, in the military uh, now, and he had joined the military after that. And um, I've been in and out of the restaurant business in lots of different expressions uh, and, you know, always, always loved Mexican food mm. coming from spending a good bit of my time in the West Coast. My father was also military. He was Navy, so I moved around a lot as a, as a child. Oh. Um, but mostly I've been an entrepreneur, a self-employed entrepreneur. I did work for the airlines for a short while, five years in the 70s and... Um, let's see, I also worked for Kaiser Hospital for a short while, but mostly I've been an entrepreneur. But my path, a lot of my transformation came through the path of healing from dealing with addiction, sexual abuse and, addic- and addiction. So that's really my awakening came from, you know, through that pathway and then um, supporting other young people and dealing with the same challenges, same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so finding your voice, and being heard and being held, very important. Yeah, very big piece, mm-hmm. big piece of mine. And so that really um, ties to what we left off at the last segment around empowering people. And um, so in the business model you have and in the workplace culture that you're creating, you are truly allowing empowerment of individuals to have their voice, to use their voice, mm-hmm. and to ask for what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, it's a big piece. It's a, it's a big piece of what we do. Mm. Matthew, you had, um, in your background, um, I, I saw it written somewhere, it said you had something about, you had several hippie jobs. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, yeah. Was I mean, that, I, that was something that that was a quote from you. <laughs> you know, really? Several hippie jobs. But yeah, I, I've I've picked apples and I've dug graves and I've been a carp hippie carpenter and um, 
Yeah, I've done a lot of different things, but mostly also an entrepreneur. I, I was in the clothing business for 13 years, had mm-hmm. a company with like 50 or 60 employees. and um, So, yeah, m- mostly an entrepreneur and uh, with a varied background and had, um, you know, learned to meditate when I was like 18 years old and mm-hmm. um, had worked intensively with a spiritual teacher for about 18 years um so yeah transformation's been a big part of my background as well so at 18 what um took you to the path of meditation um well a friend of mine had 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 gotten initiated and he was very um uh, thrilled with his experience and it just inspired me um to take it on Mm-hmm. And, and and growing up, um, what kind of of growing up years did you have? Oh, uh, I would. Both my parents were uh, are still alive, um, humanistic Unitarians, mm. uh, but you know, pretty much an agnostic household. I grew up in, so I you know I'm a, I'm a kind of a uh, habitual rebeller. So whatever the ex- existing paradigm is, I just go against it. You know. <laughs> In a in the leftist in the leftist Ithaca New York community, I was kind of the Republican guy that was okay to be rich. And if I'm with a a bunch of uh, Republicans, then I'll just go the other way extreme. So I'm I just I am the habitual rebel. <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> well, it also sounds like you are a habitual rebel situationally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So in business, my re- my business has to be rebellious in in how it oh, yeah. how it treats its employees and how what's what its purpose is and mm. so forth. Well, and you know in, the you know in farming we're we're now farming right. Right. Uh, and I live on a farm, and I'm you know we're way out on the sort of cutting edge of biodynamics and beyond, and you know so the in everything I do, it's always going to be uh, edgy. Mm. Well, and that you know gets us to the whole current concept of sustainability, you know, and I see that word bantered around so much, and it's now becoming probably one of the most misinterpreted words, you know, in the um, public realm. And I wonder about, um, as you say, you're on the, the the cutting edge, or maybe the bleeding edge of uh, biodynamics. You know, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, that means that, you know, science is always going towards subtler and subtler, working with subtler and subtler substances. And in biodynamics, we're talking about substances uh, like homeopathic remedies for for fertility. And we're talking about maybe hmm, five teaspoons, five tablespoons per acre. So rather than, you know, this... this Twenty years ago, the focus in agriculture was all chemicals, and do you have enough calcium? Do you have enough magnesium? Do you have enough? And and now it's moved to a realm of it's all about the biology. The cutting edge, one of the cutting edges of agriculture, is all about the biology in the soil. It's not about the chemistry. It's about the organisms in the soil. So a more subtler realm. And biodynamics is even beyond that, where we're talking about energies and radionic energies that impact the soil and the fertility and the plant's ability to to grow. So 
um, working with subtler and subtler substances to mm, bring up, bring to grow food that has the optimum life force. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of nurturing energy, a lot of care. Um, I, I imagine a lot of emotional sensitivity goes into the way the farm is run. Yes, yeah. uh, we have two two heifer calves now that I, I massage them twice a day. <laughs> not well, they must be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good. No, that's a good thing. Um, so, and the name of the farm is Be Love Farm. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Oh, that's so nice. So you know, I think some people might say, "Well, how nice, you guys!" And uh, you know, it's wonderful to always be um, in the state of gratitude, and it's great that things are working for you. And there's a whole bunch of the population out here that is. Um, not having such a good time in life. And, you know, we've got this economic downturn and a lot of people are um, looking for work and not very happy. And a lot of people have work and are not very happy. And, um, and Something really interesting to notice. So notice, yes. I, I want to, you know, there's people that don't have work and they're, happy, and they're not happy and there's people that have work and are not happy. Right. So what's the common denominator there? They're not happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not about the circumstances. And it's not about the circumstances. See, but we actually say it has nothing to do with the circumstances, that it's wherever you're putting your attention. Mm-hmm. And an example of this is the last quarter of 08, we lost $175,000. And we said, because this is our training, when money's not flowing, it's time to give more. So where can we give? Mm-hmm. And what we did was we rearranged the structure for the workshops that we lead monthly, and we stopped them from having a fee, an attendance fee, and we created them as a pay-it-forward model where you come, you participate, doesn't cost you anything to do that, and then there's an opportunity to donate, contribute, so that the workshop can go on the next month and somebody else can come and sit in your seat. That was one thing that we created, and the second thing that we created was a a dish at all of our cafes called the I Am Grateful Bowl, and it's a pay-by-donation. So you can pay nothing. You can pay as much as you want for that bowl. Some people come in and contribute money towards that bowl. Other people come in and eat for free every single day. Mm. And it's turned out to be, you know, an, an amazing um, program for us. Wow. So, you know, my um, our coaching would be if you're not experiencing that you're in the flow of abundance, then give. Look for places in your life where you can give. How can you give? How can you contribute? How can you put yourself back into the flow? You know, we lead a workshop called the Abounding River, which is all about training people and how do you shift your attention from yeah. some view, any view of scarcity, to all that there is to be grateful for already. That there, all that there already is to be grateful for. How do you do that? And how do you do that in the midst of whatever the circumstances of your life might be right now at this time? And that's actually, that that course is the foundation of Cafe Gratitude. Cafe Gratitude is, the board game is designed to how do you shift your attention from some view of scarcity to all that you can be grateful for. And that's what we're actually training and teaching all of our employees to do is no matter what the circumstances look like in your life, in your family's life, in your community's life, and on the planet right now, no matter what the circumstances look like, how can you shift your attention to a quality of 
that inspires you, a quality of the divine, a quality of perfection, a quality of abundance. How can you do that? And that's actually the training that we do. So it's interesting because while it may sound like, oh, everything's going hunky-dory, great for us, we're actually, you know, in the midst of opening the largest restaurant we've ever opened, having borrowed the greatest amount of money we've ever borrowed. And it's a complete faith experiment because Mm -hmm. there's no evidence for what we're doing. There isn't a single other organic Mexican restaurant in San Francisco. There's nobody saying, okay, let's, how can we open up another expression of restaurant and can we train these people in keeping their attention on unconditional love while at work? You know, it's interesting. So we say it's all wherever you're putting your attention. Whatever experience you're having, it's wherever your attention is most of the time is what's creating your experience. How can you be powerful in putting your attention on what inspires you? What brings out the best in you brings out the best in others. That's our real work. And we're doing that in the restaurant industry, but it can be done in any industry or simply in a family, simply in an individual's life. Well, that, as you say, simply in a family, and I think about all the families that have been getting together the last few weeks and coming up with the holidays and um, how, you know, you hear, I overhear sometimes um, bits and pieces of the family dynamics and so often it is not focused on you know what are we grateful for it's not focused on um the gratitude of having Mm -hmm. somewhere to belong you know and i think about that and i think about the context of our society and kind of the culture of uh, we can just say the culture of the u.s we don't Mm -hmm. have to say the culture of the world Mm -hmm. that um for the last few years has been so focused on fear and lack, mm-hmm. and then here we are in fear and lack, and as a as a country, you know. Yep. And and so I think, you know, I mean, I believe that we need to do something as individuals, and clearly you guys are are doing your part here. And I, we want to take a break right now, but when we come back, I I want us to talk a bit about how we create this in a big way. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with Tiercy and Matthew Englehart. Arise from your sleep, Africa. Rise from your sleep, America. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Are you looking for a show to help you increase your sales and subsequently your income? Want to know what works and what doesn't? Do you want to have some fun and learn at the same time? Listen for Let's Talk Sales to Increase Your Income with Len and Jack. 
Yep, it's a long title, but it's designed to educate you. The Effective Sales Professional. Each week, hosts Len DiNincenzo and Jack Cullen will help you stay focused on doing the basics of your trade consistently well. Tune in Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Everybody needs a little heart and soul in their lives, and we are here to bring it to you. Join host Jory Fisher in the middle of your week for Heart and Soul, Reflections on Passion, Purpose, and Perseverance. Jory and her accomplished guests will share with you what motivates them to lead lives that truly matter. You'll be inspired to live your life intentionally and on purpose. For stories of faith, hope, and second chances, be sure to join us every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for Heart and Soul with Jory Fisher on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back. So, Tercy and Matthew, we were just talking about um, the, the state of our United States and the culture of fear and lack that seems to be prevalent. Um, and you're doing your part in a real big way to um, help individuals really see how basically they have a choice in the world, you know. Live your life the way you, you want to live your life. Practice ways to to live into the qualities of love and abundance and trust, et cetera, generosity. And, um, and, and my question is, so how do we make this, um, how do we create this ripple effect? How do we, we move fast enough so that a country like the United States can shift its culture quickly? Well, it's a it's a great question, and I I don't <clears throat> say I have an answer, but I think it starts. It's going to start from the bottom and work up. It's it's not coming from on on high, um, and I think it's the same. It's really the same crux that as a country we no longer have confidence. This economic downturn is actually a crisis in being that we've actually we're buying into the scarcity we're buying into outer appearances we don't have a confidence because what what we based our economy on was unreal this everyone's perceived value of their overinflated homes and when that perceived value of our overinflated homes began to get shaky then all of a sudden, our confidence, it knocked the confidence out of us. But confidence is, a, uh, is something we can generate any time, anywhere. It's not about circumstances. So we've got to start putting confidence in what? If it's not in this not reality, non-reality-based, overinflated house, what are we going to put our confidence in? Well, in community, in the earth, in our food supply, in... Um, energy that we can produce ourselves. There's things that we can get confident about, 
but we got to start being confident. We got to start being that, wow, this is an opportunity, not responding to the lemmings or everyone's uh, responding to the fear, which is just this group scarcity, this group lack of confidence, but start to sh- put our attention on what we can, what we are confident in. And, and first by just being confident. Okay, crisis equals opportunity. Now, what's real? Okay, this body has to eat. Great. The earth is, the earth is real. Soil is real. What else? Oh, energy. Okay. Well, let's create some energy that we can actually produce ourselves. Great. Like, we, we, got, we, we are so in the, in the unreal. And now we have to start. And community, we say the way out of this mess is community because community... Uh, this, this paradigm of being in the United States of individuals living in their houses with their own garage door openers, going in from work, exhausted from work, plopping down in front of the TV, don't know who their neighbors are, and zoning out till it's time to go to bed. I mean, that's so done. Right. And it doesn't work. And we've got to start depend, creating community, developing community, and building community. And I think our next book is going to be about how to develop a community because that's the way out of this mess. Well, and that is, I think, really a great question. How do you develop community? I, I, I really think maybe we've actually forgotten how to do that. What is your perspective? Tercy, maybe you have a, um, a perspective on this, too, around the whole concept of social media and community in that way. Is this actually helping us, or is this getting in the way? You mean as far as, like, faith? Facebook, yeah, MySpace, yeah. that type of media. All social that, media. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I, uh, our company has a Facebook page, and you know, my daughter uh, has a page, and you know, old friends have found me through a page. I have a page, and it's interesting. You know, I what I notice about it is, you know, it is a way for people to connect, and I think that's great. But I think the quality of the conversation is what we have to be paying attention to. Mm. Are we just talking about chit-chat or what we're up to in this moment? Or are we actually having conversations that make a difference? Mm. So it's like every other um, communication tool. It's not the tool that's either great or not great, but how we're going to use it. How are we going to utilize that we can be connected to almost anyone at any time? What's the conversations that we're going to have? And just like in your previous question, you know, what what I say is that we're not being. We who are saying that we're committed to uh, the expansion of consciousness, creating community, utilizing our resources in a more sustainable way, uh, shifting our attention to conversations that bring out the best in ourselves and each other, that group of people, we're not being that this is the party, that this is where the goodies are. Because mm-hmm. if we were, people would be flocking to this view of life like crazy. But we're still not doing that. So the work is still with us. The work right. is still with how can we be more of an invitation to people who aren't yet seeing the possibilities of shifting their focus from consumerism or from what they're consuming to consuming in a different way or creating more community instead of living individually. I mean, it's still the, the work's going to be with how do we attract and invite more people to perhaps look at the choices that they're making. Hmm. What would you do more of? Well, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I think for all of us, it's 
being more of an invitation, speaking, speaking more clearly, speaking louder, speaking up mm-hmm. at all. Just like all these families that are going to get together, if there's an individual in any one of those families, you want to be that you're the one that's going to transform that family, mm-hmm. not someone else. You've got to be that it's yours to do. Start yeah. having conversations. I, I've looked at our general managers, our district manager. They're starting to have conversations with their families of origin, and then that rolls over into that community. People are starting to eat differently. And we're talking about people that are living in Arkansas or Tennessee or Texas where the conversation that we have in California is foreign to them, even maybe a little bit weird or, you know, woo-woo. Right, yet right, right. they're starting right. to have those conversations. You know, our partnership with Whole Foods Market has brought us more into the public realm um, you know, the broad public realm. Mm. And Whole Foods is listening to what we're saying and utilizing sacred commerce as a training tool. Well, that's a big, that's a big company. That's the largest yeah. distributor of natural foods in the world. So I think it's speaking out more and not getting caught in whether people like you, whether people agree with you, mm-hmm. letting go of how you look and instead being willing to take a stand for what you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think about, um, you know, I really believe, and I was around in the 60s, and it feels like to me, and I don't know if this is really the truth, but this is how it feels to me, is that in the 60s was the last time we really had people stand up. Mm -hmm. It feels like that to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and, and so what I look at is, you know, people have a lot of fear, around standing up like that because there's something they're going to lose. Yep, it's uncomfortable. And, well, yeah. And so how do we, you know, how do we transcend that? You know, what well, do we... That's a great question. For me, I, I think for me, I probably, again, looking at my past and how I got to where I am, I'd say I'm kind of two-headed about it. Am I going to do it by choice or am I going to do it after a crisis? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I think that motivates me to act more of choice now than to be at the effect or the impact of the crisis that will move me that way anyway. And, you know, I think that's what we're heading into. I think that the time of choice is shortening, and pretty soon it'll be, we'll be responding to the crisis. So the more of us that move by choice now, I think the, the better that's going to be. Right, right, right. So is that your perspective, Matthew? Uh, it is. It is. It's... You know, I think this world crisis that we're up to is is really just, you know, human beings don't change unless they're back against backs against the wall, or most human beings don't. And so it's really, I really do think it's an amazing opportunity. But it's got a, it's an opportunity like an all or nothing opportunity, and there's no sure bet. Mm. Just like with Gracias Madre, it's like all the chips are on the table. This, right. this has got to go. You know, we're so we're all in in this poker game, mm-hmm. and there's an aliveness that comes. There's a, a a martial attentiveness that comes when you're all in. There is no comfort, you know. And it's the same, right? People are actually starting to like wake up to, oh my God, like we're really up against it here. And that's the good news and the bad news. Mm-hmm. But unless there was wasn't some exceedingly um, big pressure, most people wouldn't. Drag, theirse- drag themselves away from the TV. Sure. And, and, yeah. and we'll see. We'll, just ha- we'll have to see. There's no, there's no sure bet. 
Well, it seems to me that there are some new skills in um, ways of being that we need to learn in order to move into this different way of being. Yes. And um, I want us to talk a little bit about that. You know, community is is one of what I would call, quote-unquote, a skill, a way to be in community, a way Mm -hmm. to um, structure community. You know, that's pretty big, and that clearly is not something that our culture does very well, the culture in the U.S. anyway. Um, and I want to talk about... It's pretty dysfunctional about, everywhere. I'm sorry? It's pretty dysfunctional everywhere. Well... Even, even in tribes mm-hmm. where there's a have to work together, yeah. but there's still a lot of in the under, unsaid and in the... That, that, that's not workable. That's not... Everyone's not, like, lit up about. There's a have to about it. It's like mm-hmm. have to be in this family. But it, that doesn't mean it's function. We have to we have to choose. Uh, no, this is my view, right? We have to mm-hmm. choose the new tribe, and we have to create it. And it's going to take tools and structures to keep it in place. Well, I want us to talk about those tools and structures when we come back right after this message. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, Grand Am, or even Lava Racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, the host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster around the world to work each week to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing, while also never forgetting the local weekend warriors. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat for the world of racing. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Channel. Be there or get a DNF. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back. We're speaking with Tercy and Matthew Englehart, authors of Sacred Commerce, Business as a Path of Awakening. 
So before we went to break, we were talking about some new skills and new structures that we need to be moving into if we're going to make change happen. So, Matthew, why don't you give us some indication of what those are? Okay, great. So um, there's a couple of them. I mean, we have, our book, Sacred Commerce, is full of tools, but one that um, I think the world needs most right now is called Being Complete or Getting Complete. Hmm. So um, we see, say that anything can get complete in communication, but there has to be an agreement for it. There has to be a declaration that things can get complete, and I'm talking about anything. And we live in a world where people don't get anything complete, and you could go to Macedonia, and people are still outraged by, by what the Turks did in 1058 or something, or the right. Palestinian-Israeli crisis is just one big mass incompletion where each side just dredges up the past and says, you see, you see. And uh, being complete is a process that requires forgiveness to give as before and it requires that people see that being complete or or that the past not alter the past not impacting the present is like powerful so it requires some some training and some practice but until the world gets the distinction being complete whether it's in a family or in nation in a nation uh, we will be in a continuous uh, place of conflict so um, it's a matter of um, forgiveness and agreement that everything can get complete and that once something's complete, you don't get to keep dredging it up again. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and there's agreement around that. There is in any community that decides that there's agreement. Right. Right now there's agreement that it's okay to keep dredging up the past and pulling it forward mm-hmm. and, and yeah. suffer. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. One of the other tools that I think is really key is acknowledgement, is an acknowledgement that we, the way that we talk about acknowledgement isn't acknowledging something for someone for something they did. It's not an evidence-based, it's a faith-based. So it's calling somebody into existence. So it's simply like I could acknowledge you for being courageous, you know, for being somebody who's willing to create a public uh, outlet where people can be expressed and you can share new ideas and having the courage to take that step and make that available. And so it's, I don't have to know you. I don't have to have a relationship with you to be able to acknowledge you. It's always an acknowledgement in being, and it's always an acknowledgement in being a quality, and it's a quality that we all aspire to, and in fact, we all have access to, but perhaps the lack of acknowledgement has, has limited or inhibited our ability to access that quality. So this is a key distinction in Cafe Gratitude and Sacred Commerce and the work that we do and in building community, because you could say you get to create who you're in community with through your acknowledgement. But you also have to be careful that you don't use acknowledgement as a manipulation. Acknowledge someone for something, trying to get them to be that way. Uh-huh. No, it's never about them. It's always about you acknowledging the quality in them, and you actually get to get present to it through the acknowledgement. So it's you're actually clearing out anything that would stop you from seeing that in them or from being present to that quality in you. And it's a really powerful tool that could be taken on anywhere, anytime, in any situation, in any relationship. And, and when, you, when the community is uh, rife with acknowledgement, where, when 
acknowledgement is one of the currencies that a community trades, mm-hmm. everyone rises to their majesty, their highest. And a community or a relationship breaks down when they, the, the two people or the community stopped acknowledging each other. If you look at any relationship right now that's not as good as it once was, mm-hmm. or there's no love isn't as present as it once was, um, you will notice that the acknowledgement got turned off at some point. Right. right that's right. when it's when the it's when you don't want to acknowledge. That's when you kick in and be acknowledgement with no evidence. And then one of the things that I want to share about, I think, what stops us from being in community, living in community, seeing the possibility of community, is that I think in developing our individuality, we stopped seeing community as a resource, and we started seeing community as a liability. We think of community, and it's like, what are they going to want from me instead of how are they going to be contributing to my life? And I think it's it's a big switch that we haven't made yet as a culture is starting to see that community is a resource, that we're sharing our resources and community is giving and providing for you just as you're providing something for the community as opposed to seeing it as a liability like I'm going to give up something, I'm going to lose something, they're going to want something from me. And I think that's the shift in our culture that we haven't haven't made yet. Mm. So I'm wondering about young children and how this can be um, can become the norm for them you know how do we well, teach little kids this well throw out start, throw out the curric- current curriculum in schools and right. have people get have self worth and uh, or loving oneself be the first grade curriculum mm. like that's all that matters have gratitude and generosity be the second grade curriculum mm. have uh, love acceptance and abundance be the third grade curriculum. Like, see, this, this, the, the being, we don't have any training in being. Right. All our training in is, is doing, 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 doing. And then we're left, just like you said, people are unhappy that have work and people are unhappy that don't have work because no one's trained them in how to be. That being is something we can, we can generate, not something that happens to us that we're victims of depending on our circumstances. And so it requires that we start training our children in being. Right. And I'd also say that, you know, Cafe Gratitude employs not children, but we employ a lot of young people. And I would yeah. say that young people are very open to the possibilities of community, um, particularly probably some of the alternative thinking young people. And now I think it's having that group share with the world the, the benefits and values of being, living, and, and existing in community. And I think more people will look at, you know, the, the possibility of community. Well, I mean, and, you know, in the last few years, um, I, I, at least for me, I looked at since 9-11, I thought, wow, you know, maybe because of that horrific event, maybe people will begin to connect on a different way, you know, and feel more like they need each other. And it seemed like that was happening for, you know, in a big way, uh, for a short period of time. And it seems like that has kind of drifted away. And well, that's then, the transformation by crisis, you know. It's, it's short-lived. It's immediate and short-lived. And now it's like 
keeping the keeping ourselves present to the benefits, continuing to ante up to like caring for one another. We say everyone wants to care and be cared for. Mm. We're just afraid to go first. That's lovely. We're afraid to take care of each other. Afraid to take care of each other. But we can. We can choose to do that, and that's your message big time. You guys, we've already come to the end of the show. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. So I know people are going to want to know more and want to learn more about what you're doing. So how can they do that? Uh, the, the best way to stay in touch with us and our community is through our website, which is cafegratitude.com. And there will be all kinds, there's all kinds of links and sections on that, but that's the very best way to find out where we are, what we're doing, and what's happening within our community. Oh, that's and, and we're leading Sacred Commerce on January uh, 9th and 10th uh, in Berkeley. Oh, um, and that's a pay-it-forward model, so you can register online for that. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Um, I really so, I'm so grateful for the work you're doing in the world and the inspiration you are. And and besides serving fabulous food, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for stopping and introducing yourself to us. Oh, yeah. I I feel blessed to have had this, this time with you. So uh, remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-B-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.